Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, uh, welcome to Lockdown Beers. Uh, it's still lockdown in 09 or up in Auckland, uh, and hence we're helping uh, them get through that uh, being part of the team of oh, 5 million. Yes, Auckland, thank you very much for what you're doing. Uh, and uh, sticking to lockdown laws. Let's get those um, rules. Let's get those numbers down. Let's get out of lockdown as soon as possible. Thank you for the majority of people who are behaving themselves um, and the rest of us. Look, let's appreciate what Auckland is, is, is having to go through. Uh, they are, uh, what, a third of the country, I think it is, something like that. Uh, so let's not um, put uh, all those negative con comments out there. Uh, so today, yes, lockdown beers and rugby chat. A few things. Got White Lock news. We've got some... Uh, uh, news on the uh, laws that New Zealand Rugby are bringing in for club and uh, first 15 rugby next year. Um, I've got a Tui beer uh, and we've also had a Springbok squad announced as well. So lots and lots to chat about. Got about 30 seconds uh, until I can open that beer and it's five o'clock and we're, people are officially off the clock. Um, you're working from home, folks. Uh, so, yeah, do remember to log off on time uh, and uh, to wind down at the end of your working day. Um, and uh, yes, we have the rugby championship games this weekend. Oops, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. There we go. Let's open the Tui. Uh, not sponsored, by the way, but if Tui would like to sponsor us, then please feel free um, to do so. Getting the beer in the glass, leave the gas in the glass and all that kind of stuff. Looks like I'm on my own today. Uh, if you'd like to join in the show, then the link is in Twitter. You can just... Uh, Click on the link and come on screen with me, or you can add comments in the live chat across YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, it's also put out in the podcast if you can't join us on time and want to catch up on the daily news, which is what, let's be honest, we go through each day. Good evening, also good afternoon, Simon, um, who has uh, uh, joined me uh, through uh, through YouTube. Um, so uh, let's look at the news for today. Then um, Whitelock uh, will be uh, flying out to Queensland on Friday. Um, and obviously we'll have to go through his two weeks of quarantine once um, he gets there. Uh, that means he'll come out on the day of the first Springbok test. Uh, so he's targeting clearly the second test 
uh, as a potential comeback there. Um, clearly, uh, he has not been having contact training. He's going to, have to be training on his own in his hotel room uh, when uh, he does get there. So we've been in lockdown or four here most of the time. Um, and so, yes, he uh, will definitely be not, not be conditioned uh, for contact training. Uh, so he's, he says he thinks he'll be a bit of a guinea pig um, as to how they can reintroduce players uh, and uh, they'll be trying out some new things. So, uh, yes, potentially that test match against the, the second test match against the Springboks is his next opportunity um, to uh, to be in that. Now, looking at the current All Black squad, um, and uh, we've talked a little bit about this uh, before, about how uh, inexperienced this uh, this squad is. If we just go through those forwards, Amua has got, got two caps, Tokilaho, two caps, Shaw Dane Coles has... Um, uh, sorry, uh, he's not actually there, is he? Cody Taylor's got 56, 59 caps. But then you go on to the, into the props. George Bauer, just three. Tula Lomax, eight. Um, Lua Lala, he's one more experienced at 32, um, et cetera. So um, uh, there, there are a lot of uh, inexperienced players, even amongst the locks. Um, Patrick Tupolosi, he's only got 39 caps. Um, and then if you compare that to the Springboks, and the Springboks have named a side for this weekend already, the first team to put out uh, their team. So, uh, and uh, looking at that, and I've not gone through and checked this because this is something I just saw on Twitter literally um, seconds before um, we uh, I clicked to live to go on air. Um, but uh, it was saying in there that Mbambi is the uh, um, the least experienced of that uh, starting pack um, with uh, 41 test caps. Wow. Uh, that gives you an idea as to where this Springbok team is at compared to the other teams, because if you look at look at the um, uh, the the All Blacks, the only back row um, back row forward uh, with more than uh, with more than fourteen caps is Ardi Surveyor. Next person is Shannon Frizzell with fourteen. Actually, he's not there, is he? So the next person actually is so Hoskins Institute with six, or Poppy Lee here, or Jacobson with six caps. Um, the difference in experience between this Springbok team uh, and the uh, the All Blacks, and also now I should bring up the Wallabies. Um, as um, as well uh, is pretty big. So um, you've got to uh, you've got to realise that this yeah this uh, the, the, when we're comparing teams uh, that this yeah this South African team is at a different stage of its um, development um, than the, uh, the than the other sides. Uh, and again, in that back uh, back line, um, we've got so but so we, we've got quite a few players. Just going to bring Boa uh, in, in on stream. How are you doing, sir? Very well, thanks. Line red, the working man, blue collar beer. How are you, Paul? <laughs> I hope all our listeners are well, enjoying cracking a beer. For us, Auckland, there's still level four. It is what it is. But yeah, no, the Springbok side, uh, interesting. Starting with literally three locks, so no surprises there, and no prizes for guessing what type of rugby they're going to be playing. It's going to be. Uh, well, how can I? How can I be polite about this? Lumber yard jacking, so to speak. Lumber yard jacking. Well, this, be... this is a this is a, a, a first choice team. There's only two players in that first in that uh, starting fifteen who are missing. Peter Steph's toy is injured, and Cheslin Colby who's injured. Um, with Mostert coming in and uh, um, Pimpy, um, you've got two uh, uh, and Cozy. Sorry, uh, you've got two very. Uh, yeah, able players coming in there. So look, this this is the first choice. Uh, this is as strong a side um, as South Africa um, can, uh, uh, can 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 put together. 
I mean, off the bench, Marks, um, uh, Nikkei, uh, Koch, uh, Van Straden, Smith and Weiss, which shows you that they've gone for the 6-2 split on the bench as well. Sure, they've gone for three locks, but they're going to replace six of that pack. So you can't run them around, uh, expect to get them tied and then look to, look to make advantage in that last um, 20 minutes. That won't work. And you've got to remember, Peter Step to Toy is a converted lock. So putting Mostert in there, it's, it, it, look, it's, it's the same game plan. It's not a different game plan. Um, it's what we've seen through the Rugby World Cup. Uh, it's, yeah, this, um, it's not like when uh, uh, Scott Barrett was put in at six for the All Blacks, which was then a change to how the, how the team would play. Uh, this is first choice team, first choice uh, the um, uh, game plan. Uh, and uh, good luck to the Wallabies is all I can say, really. <laughs> Let's be honest. It's going to be a tough old day for the Wallabies. Well, look, it, it is the best available side. Particularly, I, I, you know, one player I have a lot of time for is Mostert. I think he's, he's improved leaps and bounds. One of the best, uh, you know, uh, players going around in the game. And, you know, Peter Steph Tutoit is probably not going to be missed as much. And obviously, big uh, Vermeulen back at number eight. Mm. Uh, Colby, you know, I would have loved to have seen him for me one of the most, if not the most exciting player in uh, rugby on planet Earth at the moment. So it's a bit of a bit of a bummer from a rugby fan's point of view that we don't see Colby. But again, very able substitutes. And of course, the very famous bomb squad. The Springbok fans keep going on and on and harping on about the bomb squad. Um, so yeah, look, they've named their you know, strongest 23 for uh, a very important game. And keep in mind, keep in mind, the box have always struggled. They've been very sluggish in uh, Australia whenever they've been on tour. So I think they're kind of guarding against that. And Coach Ninaba uh, and Rassi, who's obviously back home in South Africa, has named the uh, best possible starting weapons to uh, combat what is, uh, you know, a bit of a dubious and checkered record when they've always toured in Australia. Yeah, let's remember that this this will be the first time in, well, perhaps forever, the, um, well, apart from the Webby World Cup, where they've played four test matches in Australia back to back. They normally fly over, play one test match, go to New Zealand, play one test match, go home. Right. So there's no kind of warm up games or anything like that. It's off the plane, play a game, on the plane, play a game. This time um, they'll be based in Australia for four games on the trot. So you'd expect by the third, fourth game, we shouldn't be seeing that travel issue that uh, that the Springboks have historically had because they won't be getting up straight off the plane like they have been, like they will have done in the past, uh, and should be and should be fine by then. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I say that I don't think the Springboks, um, uh, the reviewer from uh, YouTube, tells us that the Springbok that the uh, Springboks haven't won in Australia since 2013. Wow. Yeah, there you go. So there's 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 uh, there's always a reason for these statistical patterns, and you know, I, I don't know why or how, but for some strange reason, uh, you know, probability. There's a there's a there's a group game called uh, Probability. It's a, it's a very obscure game for kids, and it's to do with uh, uh, two dices, and it's 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 good old fashioned dumb luck. But with sports, in in every sport, there is this bogey venue like what Perth was for the All Blacks, which they pretty much comprehensively buried last weekend. So the Springboks will be very, very aware of this, and they will try and do everything they can to, uh, you know, put that behind. And 
of course, massive pressure on them. The pressure is squarely, squarely on them because they're coming in after beating the British and Irish Lions. Uh, and of course, uh, reigning world champions. And, you know, the expectations will be high. And this, this whole showdown against the All Blacks have, have really been amped up. So before they get to that hurdle, they've got a bit of a bogey against a, a very average Wallaby side who are, you know, pretty much wanting to turn that fortune around. And this is the best opportunity to spring an upset. Yeah, look, I, I would be a bit harsh on the world, but well, the, the, um, for the Springboks, uh, so it's just been pointed out that um, uh, Mbangi with, uh, with making his 41st cap is, is the least experienced or least capped player in that starting pack. You look at Australia's starting pack um, and obviously you've got Hooper there who's got um, who's, who's got a bunch of caps. But outside of that, you're looking around going, OK, um, Alan Alatoa, who's missing because of the uh, on our potential league, he's got 47. Uh, Scott Co 68. But apart from that, there's nobody. Uh, and Bambi's got more caps as the least capped starting um, starting player. He would have the he, he would have more caps. He'd be the second most capped or, or third most capped player on the Wallabies scrum uh, pack. So look, I, I, yes, you can only play who goes out on the pitch. But um, I think I was uh, putting down this um, uh, this this Wallabies side is really uh, is, is is harsh considering how how inexperienced it is and how early in their journey they are. This, whereas this, 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 the Springbok team is going to, is obviously this, this will be its last cycle before it has to have a major role. Um, in, uh, which is yeah, a, and so it's a different well, place. One thing I have to say is, uh, you know, me personally, I would actually heap most of the criticism on the coach and the coaching staff because the Wallabies, they're playing some very unusual tactics. They're trying to play, uh, they're trying to force thrill a minute rugby they're trying to play a game which doesn't suit their skill set and they've ignored a tool which has worked in uh, little spurts or flashes of brilliance particularly against all blacks which is the kicking game now obviously with the 50 22 rule coming in uh, and and you know if you give the all blacks uh, a sniff they will put you to the sword so I was, I was very very surprised the wallabies you know trying to run the ball from pretty much everywhere in the park as opposed to try and play the territorial game. So I think against the box, that's probably what they want to do. And I'd, I'd be very interested to see if the box defense can actually hang on to it legally, legally. <laughs> now this line speed that, you know, uh, everyone in world rugby does it, this whole line speed scenario where, you know, half the time they're pretty much offside 2020. Um, so, I, yeah, look, just just a strange old way. The, the, the form line clearly doesn't stack up, but... You know, uh, having having not won since 2013, which is a you know pretty damning statistic for a reigning world champion outfit, uh, the pressure is firmly on the box, and they'll be very very aware of this. And hey, no pressure. There's no significant expectation on these Wallabies to perform, so it's 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 that perfect little uh, mousetrap, albeit yeah, for the Springboks. It's, it's a definite banana skin for for the for the for the Springboks. You're quite right. The and having just got, yeah, it's come straight out of MIQ, uh, had about a week's training and straight into the game. So um, it'll be, um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how, uh, uh, how they go um, for uh, in, in, in this first game. But yeah, they're, they're definitely not uh, being complacent about it. I, whilst that stat says they've not won there since 2013, I don't think they played there in 2019. They didn't play there in 2020. Um, they couldn't play anywhere in 2020. 
So the uh, and this will be their first game. So look, it, it's basically since they've had a good team under Razzi, they've not played in they've not played in Australia. So there is an element of that uh, of that stat from 2013 being a bit of a uh, yeah. Uh, you've got sometimes the devil's in the detail around these things. It, it is, and and also Springboks post Rugby World Cup champion crowning off. Their form line has been quite regressive. So if you go back and look at uh, the two World Cups they've won. So again, uh, Paul, I'm, I'm just highlighting some statistical oh, yeah, no, I'm just uh, patterns. Uh, so, I mean, this tour might be, uh, you know, the, the nutcracker which breaks the entire fold because, you know, it's coming post-COVID and uh, we have had some delays here and there. And of course, Australia, if they continue with the same tactics, they're not going to get anywhere. They've just got to learn to respect territory. And I see Joshua has made a very uh, valid comment. Yeah, I think Lolo Seo plays in a different different type of game and he just doesn't have those skill, particularly the ability to throw wide flat balls. And that's why the Wallabies have been susceptible and been the victim of some intercepts uh, trying to play out wide. So yeah, pretty much... Uh, you know, they've, they've got to pick someone who, who's got a really good, solid kicking game who can give them a territorial advantage and get those box to actually, you know, cart them from side to side. So I think that will be the winning or losing of the game. If they continue with the same tactics, they'll probably get, you know, uh, absolutely blown away, particularly up front, because they just can't seem to contest based on the evidence we've seen so far. Yeah, I mean, Dwayne Vermeulen at 35, it's going to be interesting to see that he can, he's still. Uh has got it in the legs to keep going uh, at this level. Um, obviously, we've not seen him since the Rugby World Cup at this level because of injuries. So that's uh, going to be interesting to see if he can if he can keep it up, uh, having not played international rugby for nearly two years. So, uh, yep, going to be interesting. Uh, looking forward to the games this weekend. Don't forget, folks, you can join us straight after the final whistle of both games with post-match reaction um, on Sunday. Yeah, the, the first or the, the... Yeah, this weekend it's Sunday. And then, and then the following weekend, it's going to be... Um, the uh, it's, it's going to be on, on the on on the, uh, the, the the Saturdays. AK, here we go then. Uh, why didn't Whitelock leave earlier if the baby was delivered almost two weeks ago? He could have been available for the first bot game. He could, um, but this look, this is the first time he's ever been at home for one of the birth, for the birth of one of his children. Um, he's never before had this amount of time uh, with his wife, um, with the two previous children, uh, and I think uh, he's obviously going to be away now until pretty much Christmas, um, so, or, or, uh, or, or sort of, uh, uh, sort of mid, mid to late December. Uh, so look, I don't, I don't begrudge him having time with his family, uh, especially with all the uncertainty that, that level four has led and, and uh, has, has, uh, has, has, has given people. Yeah, look, I think he's earned it. Uh, okay, you got to understand, you know, these guys, uh, you know, it's not easy uh staying away from family for, they're probably looking at about 80 to 90 days so i think white lock has certainly earned those extra two weeks and you know childbirth around childbirth you gotta you know family is really important so i think these these are probably good practices nzr are trying to instill and if this happened to any player um or you know we got to put ourselves in that position if you know um if, if we're in the same position we have to be a little bit more empathetical so no qualms there. I think I'm surprised to actually see White Lock flying over. So, uh, you know, he's probably made a big sacrifice. And uh, he's going to play a very important part because he's been the in-form lock forward and probably one of the most in-form forwards for all-black forward pack, and particularly coming up against a box 
uh, we will need all that experience to muscle up against the uh, likes of uh, Etzebethan and the rest of the, the big boys. Yeah, look, he, he may not even play in that second test either. Look, he'll only mm. be in there for a week. He comes out of uh, quarantine the day of the first test, so he gets to watch the first test with the boys, but he doesn't actually get the yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't actually doesn't, doesn't play until Europe, or at least, or USA, sorry, because uh, it's the USA before Europe uh, in that one. They've got to see how well he reacts to that. Also, look, we've had no details uh, about how the birth went, um, et cetera. So I think we all um, believe uh, that... Uh, the baby and mum have done well, uh, but we don't know, and that's his, and that's obviously his his family privacy. Uh, so who totally. knows what who knows what is what has gone on there? Um, and yeah, definitely um, don't second judge. Oh yeah, so I don't have any problems with him spending that time uh, with his family. Uh, Say so we and we don't know what circumstances and what's been going on there. So uh, yeah, obviously we do wish uh, mum and baby to uh, all, all the best, and uh, hopefully they are they are well and progressing well, uh, and. Um, but uh, yeah, and obviously, wish him the best in uh, in his MIQ as well. It's going to be hope, hopefully get plenty of box sets on on Netflix. Um, the then the other one, the bit that you uh, you've possibly been involved with and knew about before it came out in the news um, was uh, looking at the law changes for next year that have been announced by um, New Zealand Rugby. So we have the uh, EDSLVs to uh, to make it in, in the, 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 the catchy title for the experimental domestic safety law variations. That's a mouthful. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. And there are a bunch of them. Uh, we'll, we'll just quickly uh, bring you up to speed on what they are for, for the secondary school rugby, or what's known as first 15. Um, the, uh, there are five new, uh, uh, five experimental laws we'll bring in. The first one is the high ball contest. Basically, um, players are not allowed to jump for the ball, so you're gonna have to stay on the ground. Uh, that also that's, I, I will apply, obviously, for, uh, for kick strong open play, but I'm guessing also applies for restarts, and meaning you can't lift a player like we often see um, at restarts. It'll all, so that'll be um, bring some interesting tactics there. For I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Or coaches to uh, take in um, the uh, tackle. All tackles must be below the sternum. Um, obviously, that's to reduce the fact of having heads around each other and uh, head clashes. Um, for scrums, uh, if uh, the uh, if you've ever reset scrummed after a uh, 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 for when there's been no no uh, infringement, the result will be either an uncontested scrum or a free kick to the original team that had it. So basically, to stop us having plenty of resets, 
um, in there. Uh, I guess the only concern there is that a weak scrum might deliberate might uh, try to deliberately collapse to try and get the reset uh, if they can, um, whilst uh, making it not look deliberate. But let's hope that um, uh, that the teams don't try to gain that because that's really dangerous. Um, then there's also offside scrum. So the halfback now, or the the scrum half for the defending team, is not allowed to progress beyond the tunnel. Now, and this is so that there is cleaner and quicker ball out the back of a scrum. And then finally, there's one about um, having a different uh, uh, a different size pitch, but that's uh, but that's um, I don't think is really a big. Th uh, that's really not not relevant for most of it. Just those four there, Boa. Um, happy with those four laws? Uh, yes and no. Yes and no. Obviously, I've been a huge advocate with my framework uh, SDF Safe Tackle framework for the last three years. So what what I would have really liked to have seen, and uh, I think. We're probably looking at 2023 is is this little piece to the puzzle, uh, basically tackle below the light and particularly at secondary school in that space. Because um, what I'm actually finding is that uh, coaches, particularly under 14 and above, as soon as kids start you know, showing their growth spurt, encourage players to go into what we call a choke tackle. So what a choke tackle is basically tackle around here, you know, that, that shoulder line because right now the the legal tackle height is shoulder no higher but the problem is you know when you're when you're going at uh, velocity you know accidents will happen and the propensity of shoulder contacting directly to the head is you know quite significant as you've seen with cards and penalties right across uh, all levels of competition so uh, yeah, happy with some. Um, I, I do have a little bit of concern, particularly at the age grades uh, in the secondary schools and below space, where there's no absolute uh, aerial contest where players must have both feet firmly planted on the ground. So that's to prevent aerial collisions. So things like what happened last week with Jordy sticking out his foot doesn't happen. Uh, but that brings another element of danger, which is players... The defenders coming at uh, you know red or not, wanting to take out the the the, the guy catch, or the, the girl catching the ball. So I think that's where we need to have a visual guideline because if you recall Marika Koroi, but you know keep in mind Marika is obviously an elite player. Uh, you know if you get a 20 meter head start and if you're willing to target that shoulder area, now in this case it's the sternum and below. You know without actually having a visual guideline, it's actually going to cause more confusion because knowing how competitive the secondary school space you can imagine a 1a game where you know we're getting a penalty uh where, where millimeters come into the equation so this is just there's going to be some teething from time to time unless all players are coached to tackle absolutely below the sternum so we're talking that tummy belly button zone uh but again you know these are experimental laws so we'll wait and see uh, and and also at uh, under eight levels, they've taken uh, uh, scrums and lineouts completely out of the equation. So it'll be interesting to see how uh, uh, you know game development, particularly community with the age grades, go on. Um, these laws are probably not going to be absolute and final because it's going to be an experiment. So I, I have uh, you know some laws I absolutely love it. Some could have done better. Some I'm not so sure. So. We'll wait and see what the uh, feedback is going to be after this trial. Yeah, look, at, and at school levels, look, you've, you've got some first 15s which run 
nearly as professionally as professional teams. And then you've got other first 15s which are nowhere near that, right? Uh, and I think one of, one of the things about this about the scrum resets is that, yeah, you are going to get some very differently powered scrums. <laughs> and, actually, and actually, yeah, to, the, the, this is a, a, a good safety thing. Um, and, and again, under eights, uh, again, I, I've no, I must say it's not an area of rugby that I've been involved with. But again, um, yeah, removing the, the, the scrum and the line outs is, is, isn't a big deal for me. Uh, which is why I've concentrated on the, the first 15, and we'll talk about the club club laws in a second um, on that one. So, yeah, on, on the whole, happy with all of these. Uh, yes, the tackle one below the sternum is going to be interesting as to how how do you judge that. Um, but so, yeah, and, and, and with referees, the high ball contest. Look, you can you can time hitting a person hard already with them landing. You don't have to uh, just because they're they're on the ground or or jumping. Either way, they can be hit hard by by a legal tackle. So again. I'm not uh, not too concerned about that. It makes obviously if the person can't jump, it makes it easier for the timing of, of that tackle. But uh, but even so, still not a big. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not particularly. Uh, well, all the, worried about the, the 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 worrying factor for me is uh, just a couple of things. Number one, with with this no aerial contest, particularly at secondary schools, first fifteen, we're probably going to take out a skill which is quite uh, advantageous and which is a, a a real skill you need to learn and execute particularly the likes of Ben Smith and we have seen Jordy Barrett. Uh, you know, we're, we're taking out a skill where, they, where some of these players will be leapfrogging into senior rugby straight after first 15. So that needs to be stage managed because if you're asking players not to jump up for an aerial contest and then they leapfrog into club rugby where you can do it, that's going to be quite interesting. That's number one. Number two, just to uh, respond to Joshua for his comment on the uh, chat about the choke tackle. Uh, Joshua, the problem with the choke tackle is when you go what you call crest on crest or chest on chest and you dip low and you, uh, sorry, you dip late, there's a high propensity. It's what I call the red zone where you can have head on head contact. And this is one of the, one of the biggest contributors to um, concussion. And we are, you know, the ACC statistics prove it. So instead, I've worked on a framework which is called STF Safe Tackle Framework. We replaced the choke tackle with what we call the airbag tackle. So what the airbag tackle is, is you see oh. this here, tackle below the line. You just reduce your entry just underneath the rib cage. So we're actually but, but trying to get is, on. He is right. The fact that the, um, with the Sonny Bill William offload, we have seen tackles go up to try and stop that offloads, and that has been one of the drivers to it. The other driver to it has been the fact they're trying to hold players up uh, and cause a more, and hence get the turnover, which we've seen particularly from Ireland. Um, but it has led to head clashes, yes. Um, just it is, but, then, this. but then it is very counterproductive to what's what the sanctions are, because as you know, right now mm -hmm. any direct contact to the head is a red card. So you know, from a coaching point of view, you just got to pick and choose. And what's actually happening is particularly at elite level, they've actually completely discarded that and they've said, look, let's just keep going high, keep going high. And that's why we're seeing a higher propensity of penalties and cards. Yep. And, uh, and also, another, that, yeah, it's, it's a risk-reward thing that, and, and the, the coaches decided that. Also, uh, there, there is definitely uh, an opinion uh, amongst certain uh, pundits that, uh, and it's hard for us to tell because, I mean, um, as to how much rugby we can watch, but there's, there's become a difference in the New Zealand Australia compared to uh, the European officiating as to how strict they are uh, and that uh, head contact within Australasia 
uh, is seen as I say people who watch both both co both um, areas uh, is seen as being taken less seriously uh, and you're allowed to get away with more um, than you are around the um, the other side anyway more, more of us to more of us to chat about I just noticed actually here there's a star that actually first 15 subject to organizing committee decisions will not include that will, will actually the high ball contest will be allowed and the tackle will be allowed so depending which secondary school game you're you're, you're playing depends what laws you're going to be having good luck referees remembering that um, I can see plenty of things being blown um, when you're not sure which what what laws you're supposed to be applying so again I've no problems with any of these rules individually it's the mix and match problem and then and we're going to you're going to hear that now when we talk about the the, the, the club rugby so senior club rugby then again has got some um, four laws they've got the 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 uh, the, the the various the, the field size difference again which we'll ignore but they've got the same one around scrums about resetting um, and uh, that uh, the original team gets to choose either a uncontested from scrum or a, or a free kick they've also got the same one around the offside at scrum that the scrum half can't go past the tunnel they do not they, they are allowed to contest balls in the air and jump but they also they have an extra one here which is uh, a one and a half meter maximum push unless within five meters of the goal line free kick going to the team that had the scrum put in if uh, if it goes further than, than a meter and a half again when at club rugby you can get some very differently powered scrums um and uh, so uh, uh, restricting that i understand uh from a safety point of view is, is is not a bad move what i what really does so again it's another one that i don't have a major problem with what i do have a problem with though is why do we have only allowed one and a half meter pushing in club rugby but you can push for 20 meters in secondary school rugby I, again referees that do first 15 will also do club rugby and they're trying to they're being asked to remember which set of laws they're supposed to be refereeing in each game. I just think it's harsh on the referees to be playing pick and mix with these laws rather than sort of having all the laws similar and basically just reducing one off, one off, one off, rather than adding and taking away, depending what uh, competition they're refereeing. Yeah, look, I agree. And look, I, I, I don't want to comment too much in it because, you know, I was sort of involved in this whole process as, as far as, you know, the sternum tackle uh, and the tummy tackle goes. But uh, yeah, look, I agree in principle. I think it's just complicating matters as opposed to simplifying it. And um, this whole driving a scrum uh, 1.5 meters, this was actually tried at secondary school or uh, under 19, a uh, cold level, I beg your pardon, by IRB when it used to be International Rugby Board back in the mid 90s. Uh, they tried it for a, a couple of years and this was all to do with you know, players, younger players breaking necks and having significant neck injuries around the scrum. Uh, but again, you know, you know, once things kind of dissolve away, they go back to the usual setting. That's what I have found out with all these, uh, you know, various rules. One one thing I I have to say is I am um, I'm I'm genuinely happy about the tackle height. Uh, one thing I am not happy is, as you rightly said, that depending on what is the association of, for example, the Auckland 1A, which is an independent organization and a, and a power to itself. And it's it's a highly influential body. 
chance are they're not going to take any of these rules on board because most of those coaches, you know, they have careers and they're solely judged on the W and they will do whatever it takes. And I'm not going to go into details because I've got a good cross-section into who does what. Uh, you know, they'll just probably scoff at this whole sternum tackle thing. Unless there is a, a, a proper resolution from World Rugby and they change the law book, uh-uh, ain't going to happen. And particularly there are some players in the Auckland competition who are experts, maestros at contesting the aerial high ball. So they're not going to want to give up uh, a critical advantage. Uh, so it'll be very interesting to see. But all in all, I think you just can't have you know compartments A and C for one comp, B, D, X, Y. It's just got to be A, B, C. Everyone does this. And, and what we're actually going to see is two different sets of rules for the professional game and for the community amateur game, which in my view is actually very, very dangerous. Well, I actually think, uh, I think with the way that we've seen the strength and conditioning uh, that, that professional players can do that you don't see in the, a lot of the community game, um, I think they do need a, a separate, a different set of rules. Uh, a I, Paul, I, I, I disagree. What I see is from, from a coach educator and a coach developer point of view, one of the biggest questions I get asked, particularly at coach educator workshops, is why are you trying to preach safe tackle with, with myself and my kids? But then when we look at what the professional game is doing and the kids keep asking me, well, coach, you want me to do this? But we had so and so on the weekend do this, and they got a you know they just got a warning. Why? So this is forever going to be where the issue is, and we are actually seeing some of those transitions happening at a very early age, which is actively being coached. So this so the so the, the whole theory behind it is: look, it's okay, try it at the game, so long as it doesn't disadvantage us too much. They're actually willing to risk pushing the envelope. And this is where the problem is. So in my view, I think you've got to simplify the game. Everyone plays the same set of rules. It's just so, it's going to be so much easier to transition. But what's actually happening is rugby is becoming more and more and more complicated. All these acronyms and test rules and blah, blah, blah. Uh, the, and and, and the, the two biggest stakeholders in the game who are actually becoming very disenfranchised are one, the referees, and number two, the fans. Well, you saw what happened with this whole Jordy Barrett red card. The game was more divisive than ever. So it just goes to show because there isn't clarity and simple education amongst one of the key stakeholders of the game, which are the spectators, this is only going to cause even more chaos. So we'll wait and see how things transpire. Um, I'm forever hopeful, but the proof will be in the pudding. I've got to agree with you. The, 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 the law book needs revisiting from scratch. Uh, and uh, and I think we're seeing or it's something that we've been talking about for a while, but we're seeing more and more voices talk about it now. So uh, uh, Nigel Yeldon uh, came out with a, uh, a tweet I think yesterday saying, "Look, why don't they re- why don't they go through the law book line by line? I think they should just throw away the law book and start again and start from scratch and make it as simple as possible." Uh, we've seen Steve Hansen, uh, I think it was who was it, Steve Hansen or? or or Ian Foster, one of the two came out. Sorry, Steve Hansen came out and said, um, Steve Hansen, yeah, that, um, Sir Steve Hansen. Um, that uh, again, that he should be that, that they needed to simplify the laws, it was too complex. Uh, and yeah, it is. And the people who I mean, one of the there was a, a press conference which I wasn't invited to, but um, uh, seeing comments on Twitter 
that where they explained where, where basically it was a press conference to explain to the to the media uh, uh, basically how they argued Geordie's um, position. And one of the things they made very clear was that they did not blame the referee for making the call. And it's kind of okay, you don't blame the referee, but you think the call was wrong. Then what? Where's the blame lie? Well, the blame lies with the laws, and that they're too complex now for anybody to referee. You can't watch everything. You can't. There, there, there are so many different things supposed to be not allowed at the same time that there just aren't enough eyes to watch everything, unless you go NFL style with um, ref with, with basically refereeing teams of about eight or nine players. So the uh, so so uh, so yes, yeah, so to me that's um, the, yeah the game is just becoming too complex, too confusing, uh, and. That we do need a law overhaul. So that's that's um, a really good example, Paul. I mean, the the high ball. So next year in New Zealand, it's only the senior competitions who can have a contest in. Uh, you know, it's what I call attacking the ball in the air, the aerial contest. Mm -hmm. It's a love. Everyone else is, isn't. So most of the fans who are playing the community game, because keep in mind the elite competition is less than two percent of all rugby playing populations. So going to cause even more confusion and if we have a repeat of Jordy well, Barrett who actively sticks his leg out we're going to have uh you know more similar situations so it's it, it, well, I mean, it club, club, club rugby is allowed to do high balls high ball contests secondary school senior. rugby senior Sorry? competition that's it club rugby senior yeah. competition only everything yeah. below secondary school no no contesting the high ball the, um, so it's, uh, yeah. there are going to be some teething issues. There are going to be some teething issues. Oh, and, and, and and particularly 2024, 2023, 2024, everyone who's leaving that secondary school space, who's going to miss a year of not having to jump, having to jump in straight into a competition where they're going to expect it to be. That's going to be quite interesting. So we'll just have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. And um, the, uh, as I say, I... I we're, 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 obviously, we have a disagreement here as to, uh, I, I think the professional game and the amateur game is moving apart, uh, and therefore I think we need separate laws for them um, to keep keep to keep them uh, to, to keep them safe. Uh, and um, you obviously feel the di different that we have the same set of laws across the across the park. Um, I guess in New Zealand it's harder than in Europe, right? In Europe, you either play for a professional team or or a or an amateur team. In New Zealand, we have players who play Super Rugby. That sometimes go and play club rugby. Not very often, but they do. We have players then who from Super Rugby who go to minor ten cup who mix with with club rugby players. So you're mixing your professional, semi-professional, amateur game players up all the time. Whereas in Europe, you either are a member of Leicester Tigers and play for them all year, or you play for um, your local rugby club, uh, whatever that's called, um, local Globetrotters uh, or, or, or Wanderers. Uh, and there, there isn't that movement. There isn't that movement up and down and mixing of the players. Uh, so it's, it's uh, so it's it, it, it's easier over there to segregate the game. Here in New Zealand, it's much harder to do so. Um, cool. Uh, thank you very much for joining me for um, lockdown beers. And uh, again, well done, the 09. Keep it up, folks. Keep following the the uh, the, um, the the uh, the, the rules. We will keep bringing you, helping you through lockdown and uh, giving you something to unwind with at the end of the day and to entertain you um, at 5 p.m. whilst you're in level, level four. Um, we will do this, uh, probably we we'll, probably will take Sunday off, to be honest with you, for the lockdown beers um, because of the rugby in the evening. Uh, and I've also got my uh, daughters this weekend. Um, but um, 
We will continue this uh, every day at 5 p.m., bring you the latest basic rugby news and, uh, and have a chat. Thanks, Boa. Very and, welcome, uh, everyone. Please be safe and enjoy lockdown. We'll catch you all next week, tomorrow, not next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.